Welcome to another episode of Family Goals with Pastor Jay and David Pollock. I don't know if you noticed there, but I decided to put my name in front of your name. I like that. Like, I'm with, I'm with like it. Pastor Jay, like, like. Pastor Jay's better to say. It's just a, I mean, that's my, my name's, your name's awesome. That's all. I'm Pastor Jay. I said, you should go first. You like, you like it first? Pollock it's and Jay. It's kind of like the husband wife thing. Do you say, do you say Lindsay and David Pollock or do you, do you say of course. David and Lindsay Pollock? Lindsay's the backbone of our family. Yes. Lindsay's the most important part. How in the world did you get her to marry you? I don't know. Especially when you look at those pictures of <laughs> me she, when I was. She's like so sweet. And kind. Yeah. And generous and compassionate. And a lot compassionate is not a word that you can use to define me. Um, it's a struggle of mine. I'm getting better at it, but it's definitely a struggle. I don't know. Hey, we're I th- all I think growing. She, I think she, she was so, uh, she was so young. You need to start that timer down there, sir. You need to do your yeah, job. Come on, Wojak. Wojak has one job. We're trying, we're trying to keep these things to a certain, certain like driving yeah. distance or running, hundred percent, or but, working out. But uh, I don't. I got her when she was really young. That was the secret. Find your bride when she's fourteen years old. That helps. Okay. Hopefully, you weren't eighteen. I was. You were eighteen, and she was fourteen. Uh, yes, I was eighteen. And she was fourteen. She just turned. 15. I just turned 18, and then she turned 15 a couple months oh, okay. later. Okay, so it she was, bad. was in high school. Y'all were both in high school. We were both in high school. She wasn't but in middle like school. I, I, I technically redshirted a year in, in elementary school, <laughs> and she was really young for her grade, so it was only two grades difference, but it was really like three and a half. So I don't, I don't know what the heck her parents were thinking. Because if Leah walks in the door with an 18-year-old when she's 14, <laughs> he, <No>. might, <laughs> he might walk on water like Jesus but he's going to be walking right out my door. I can promise you that because he ain't coming in. Well, you would be a pretty intimidating father of the date to pick the girl up, pretty I would l- think. Pretty large. <laughs> like, are you I gonna- like what you said in the sermon. Uh, I like what you said in the sermon, though, when, when you had people come over and take your daughter out. Oh, about the... Uh- Treated like your sister? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. First Timothy 5, I th- yeah. I, th- I thoroughly... Treat older women as mother. I got a little trouble calling uh, my wife an old woman. Older woman. I can get that, but <laughs> I'm with it. But tell them, tell them what you said, but, though, because yeah, I like treat, that. And treat older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Correct. And so, you, so do you know, do you know, young man, what absolute purity means? Yeah. <laughs> it's 100%. You're not going to tonsil box your sister. No. Right? You're not going to be... Touching your sister where you shouldn't be touching your sister. I've heard people say, whatever you do to my daughter, I'm going to do to you. I thought yours was a lot cleaner and a lot more well succinct. I'm I, thought, more, I am the pastor. I am pastor. You are Pastor Jay. But, yeah. So we're talking about family goals. We're talking about... Apparently, we're talking about taking your daughter out, too. So we got, we got a little bit of... <laughs> well, I have one that's married now. See, they ended up getting married, so... Jolin's next. Yeah. Jolin's I don't right, know Jolin. about that. Any any news for us? Any any girls on the horizon? No, no updates. No yeah. updates no, this year. Just no, keep us posted. Sadly, yeah, I'll keep you posted. Yeah. One of the funny things that happened a, a few weeks ago, we we were um, marketing small groups at the church, and, <laughs> and uh, they accidentally put Jolin's name and picture over the single girls small group. <laughs> Or he, the, or he was looking for him. Yeah. <laughs> in the small group packets, it said young adults, women's leader, Jolin House has my picture there, phone number, everything. Was it supposed to be Jennifer? <laughs> I don't know who it was supposed to be. Typo Alan Smith or something. That. I Not, think I was supposed to be like the contact, but I didn't know they were going to put my name on it and all that. That's cool. But, I didn't know you were on Tinder like that. That's, that's awesome. Didn't think I was either. So. Are you on Tinder? I'm not. Are you on 
It's not. It's not that desperate yet. Are you, are you, so, <laughs> hey, we haven't hey, gotten to that point. Way, he said yet. <laughs> yeah. I hope it has crossed hey, his mind. Uh, I hope we don't have to get get to that point. Yeah. And then, of course, we have we have the grandchild who's thirteen, and so she's correct. Boys. For all those that don't yeah. know, the grandchild is his daughter. That obviously there's a significant age gap, so you can you can fill in the yeah. rest about she's that. She's eleven years younger than Jolyn, yeah, so, so she was a surprise, but, but not a surprise to God. She keeps you young, though. She definitely keeps us keeps young. you young. It's good. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I keep trying to ask Lindsay for more, but I, I it noticed, works really well. I noticed earlier in another podcast that you mentioned my generation being a good bit older or different than your generation. Correct. Yeah. I, I kind of let that slip at the time. I think, Hey, we're not that much different. I mean, we're all right. We're not that, that there's not that big of a gap. Okay. Define <laughs> a big gap. Okay. Would, would, would two age groups above be bigger? So say fifties. So you're in your fifties, correct? I am. <laughs> okay. So that means you pass through. Are your, you in your thirties? That means you pass through your forties, right? Yeah. Okay. Not there. So, <laughs> so you're still in your thirties. Yes. Jolin. I mean, am I, am I missing something that, that seems like a pretty big gap? No, he just wants to think he's young. That is a, yeah. I mean, I think you, you I'm, I'm going to agree. That's a good argument. You're young yeah. in spirit. So I w- I've lived in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, 2000s, 2010, 2000. I've lived in seven decades. Wow. <laughs> So, so I have it. Yeah, you have it. So, <laughs> That's okay, though. That's okay. So we're we're in part three of lessons learned from sports. Yeah, we and are. And I want to go back to something you said in the last episode. You talked about you thought football was like the ultimate sport and the ultimate challenge. But I got to thinking, and one of the lessons you learn in sports is teamwork. Yeah. And I think football, of all the sports – is the ultimate team sport because you're depending on you got head coach, assistant coaches, trainers, you got offense, defense, special teams. You got eleven people you're lining up with doing eleven different things every yeah. play. So it, it's definitely. So let's talk about the lesson of teamwork, like how yeah. sports teaches us to work with other people, to yeah. get along with other people. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you know, first of all, you, you have to learn to be part of a group. It's not you that shows up and you just kind of do something. You know, what's the first thing we do every practice? First thing we do is we get in lines and we warm up. Then we all come together as a team and we talk to the team, we address the team, and then we all break up into our individual stations. So, you know, just like at Georgia, when I was at Georgia, we wore different color jerseys than the offense. The offense wore different color jerseys than the defense. And it was a big divide. Like you went on this field, we went on this field. And so it's, it's also teams within the teams. I mean, because you have position groups and position coaches and you got special teams. And I mean, there's just a lot of hats you wear as a teammate. Like there's older teammate, teams, uh, teammates that have been around a while. There's more productive teammates who have a lot of influence. Uh, I have a kid right now that he's an awesome, awesome leader. One of the best leaders I've ever had. And um, he just does a really good job of incorporating even the smallest kid on the team that doesn't contribute as much. And giving them fist bumps and telling them good job or you got this. And I try to encourage all my, my guys to do that, like find opportunities to pick your teammates up. And um, this one kid actually comes to Wednesday night church at, at Greystone. And I, t- I tell him like, you have the power to lead for good or for bad mm. because you, you have a, you have a powerful influence. But if you, if you, if you decide to lead for laziness, 
and you decide to lead for I'm out for me, like people will follow. Um, you know, I, I told him with his faith, I was like, you got a strong opportunity with your faith to lead for the gospel and to lead for the power for God and to be, to do the right things and treat people the right way. And, um, so I, I think team slash leadership. Yeah, slash, I was thinking like even leadership's a whole nother topic of, of the team. Yeah. I, I mean, um, it's part of being a team though, because right? you have yeah. different pecking orders and different roles. And, um, I think the thing about teamwork, you learn that one is the team depend is depending on you. Yeah. But also other people, you're depending on other people. You hear, hear people say, well, we're only as strong as our weakest link. And so there's, what do you, what do you think about the, um, you know, having, I'm having to depend on you or you're having to depend. I mean, that, that teaches you a lot about like, Hey, I got some people who are counting on me, which means I better show up. Yeah. Instead of being a guy that goes, ah, I'm just kind of here and I'm doing this. Like, wait a minute. They're, they're depending on me. Like I got to step up. I'm, you know, obviously accountability is a huge part of, of life. I mean, we all need it at every walk, every step. I mean, you need it as a pastor. I need it as a coach. I mean, need it to function properly in life. I got to have accountability from multiple angles, not just, not just one. Um, so I, I think it is learning that I have to do that. But it's, it's also learning. I think it's cool because you, you kind of learn the steps of leadership too. And as I get older, I kind of accept more of a, a leadership role or a different role on the team. Um, but, but again, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun part of the process. And, and, and by the way, coaches, that's your job. That's your job. Pastors, that's your job for our church. Like, how do you create more unity? Mm -hmm. How do you create more love for each other? How do you create more accountability? Like you probably do that with your team at the church, right? Oh yeah. And I, I view myself as a coach. Yeah, you are. I'm, I'm motivating people. I'm encouraging people. I'm challenging people. We want to we want to work together. We, Are you we, always looking for new ideas? Looking for new ideas, new ways of doing things, innovation. What's the um, last thing you came across to like to build unity or teamwork or something recently that you've done that you saw or that you read that that helped you develop that or helped you think about that? One of the things we try to do our staff team is you know once a month we have these team days, and sometimes they're training you know training them in how to be better pastors or how to counsel people or disciple people or whatever. But then every every now and then we'll do something fun, just to just to build some teamship. Yeah. And so we had this. We turned the whole church auditorium into this airsoft obstacle course. Lights off. Wojak was into it. <laughs> was into it. Um, but man, it was so much fun. We, Were we you not into teams. it? Oh, I was into it, but I, I wasn't say, very I've good. I've seen you. You're kind of competitive. Yeah, I was competitive. I definitely got a few carpet burns, but uh, just build that unity and and uh, you know doing stuff together. Well, if you're running a business, you should. If you're running a business or you're responsible for people, you have to look at those. You have to you have to facilitate that. That's not. It won't happen organically. Teams don't come together really close knit just naturally most of the time maybe you'll have unique yeah. circumstance but you got to find ways to push buttons you got to find ways to motivate you got to find ways to um pour into them and love on them and i think earn the trust of them too yeah, i was can, about to say trust you know yeah. earning that trust right now at our church and wojat mentioned this yesterday and staff meeting is like we got a great team and i think it's because we've been around each other so long we trust each other we've been through the good times and the bad times yeah. together and so you have that you have that level of trust. I was thinking about the family. You know, our title of this is family goals, but 
the family to, you know, talking about teamwork as a family, like talking about earning, res- being responsible. Yeah. Like you're, you know, being on a team teaches you to be responsible, but I have a responsibility of my family. Yeah. Like, like I got, I'm responsible for my wife. I'm responsible for my kids. I'm responsible to provide for them, to protect them, to, to help them be successful in life. I mean, sports teaches you so much that you apply Yep. And to be the leader. I mean, as as the husbands and fathers, we are the we are the leader. Whether you like it or not, words words have weight. Right? We all know that. Like words count, words matter, words mean something to people. When you're a dad, your words weigh a lot more than anybody else. Your words weigh seven hundred pounds, a thousand pounds. Like it's just whether you like it or not, you might not want that. You might be like, eh, not really I'm not really all about that life. It doesn't matter. Like when you're sarcastic, which is, I, I'm sarcastic by nature a lot of times, and there's some truth in sarcasm always. So your kids know that. People know that when you're sarcastic with them. It's one of those things I have to work on a lot. I have to pray about it. I just, I struggle with, I always got a comment. I always have something to say. And I'm like, well, why do you have to say that? You should keep your mouth shut. But I think as a dad, your your words count. Have you Have you ever... Had to apologize to your kids. Oh yeah, like go back and say, "Shouldn't I'm have so said that." Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, shouldn't have said that. And, and so, two things with that. One, I've had to a bunch, unfortunately, because I, I do mess up and lose my cool or lose my perspective, and will get on you. And I, and I just literally say, like, "Hey, I, I shouldn't have done that." Because I, what I'm trying to do is motivate you. What I'm trying to do is X, but that's not how you're supposed to do it. And Hold me accountable with that. Like I, I, that's that's my big thing with my kids. Like hold me accountable because I, I I need it too, and I, I got to understand that I'm going to mess up. And I think the second thing is how do we we have to show them too that we struggle. Like we have to provide opportunities and provide areas and, and show them like, listen, this is a struggle of mine. Like I'm fighting this fight. I'm reading books to to try to fix this. I'm, I'm reading my Bible to try to fix this. I'm memorizing scripture to try to fix this. Like I'm meeting with people and talking to them about this. Cause I want to fix this and like show them that we, we ain't got to figure it out either. And y'all are figuring things out and y'all are learning, y'all are growing. And so are we. And I think that's a really important point of being a dad and, and delivering a message or being a leader is I, I, that's one of the things that attracted me to Greystone and was you. And just like the other day, I thought it was awesome when you said on stage, like, I struggle with lust. I thought that was amazing. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that probably went, Pastor Jay doesn't struggle with that. Bull crab. I mean, in the Bible, it talks a lot about facing everything. What does it say when it comes to sex? Get the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. Women, get the heck out of there. Flee. Flee, run. Get, run. Yeah. Genesis 38, right? I mean, get the heck out of Dodge, bro. You don't want that smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was awesome that you said that, man. I thought it was really really cool. I think people need to hear that. And, and I, I, I think it has a huge impact on people when, when they see that we're real. Any bad. We're real. We're authentic. What was that? I have no idea. It's amazing. <laughs> Hello, Moto. Something like that. Hello, Moto. You know, my dad, my dad's 82 and, uh, his, He's never changed his cell phone ringtone. And so every time he gets phone call, I'm like, hello, Moto. Is that what it says, really? <laughs> hello, Moto. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's like the Swedish, you know, the accent. Swiss. I always thought uh, hello, Moto. I always thought a thing that would be very successful. 
I get off topic quick, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I always thought a thing that would be really, really successful would be a cultural GPS. Like the whatever way you talk or whoever you want to read the GPS, like Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah. You know, you know they have that. Did they really? On the Waze app, you can record like the directions for yourself. So like when when me and my buddies went on a trip, we recorded those. For you, so it's your voice. So it's my voice or my buddy's voice. Yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm saying like I want Jeff Foxworthy to be like, hey, man, you might be a redneck if you take a left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I think it would be awesome. Like The Rock, do you smell what's cooking? Take a ride at the light. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that I would I just, definitely make, that would definitely be, spice things up. I thought it'd be sweet because it's always yeah. the same voice. I do like the British accent, though. I have that in my gate, too. I like the, 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 the woman British accent. You've had, you've got that, yeah. or you've got access. Like, t- turn right at the light. I like that. <laughs> Jolly good. Makes it. It's chipper. So, so I'm going to bring us back to lessons learned. I don't even remember sports. where. It was. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking character development and okay. uh, discipline. What is hard that work? Oh, okay. You reap what you sow. You know, you, you practice. You play how you practice. You remember the old Alan Iverson? Practice. Practice. We're talking, talking about, about practice. practice. <laughs> talking about practice, which which I completely disagree with. One of the lessons that my dad taught me, um, when I was a kid, is I was over at some friend's house, and some buddies would hang out with you. May, may have heard me talk about Bobby Reed, my best friend growing up. But he he was like six foot five in the sixth grade, and I was like little Johnny House. Sixth grade? Oh, he was huge. I'm, I'm probably exaggerating. You have a to be bit. exaggerating. I'm exaggerating. Six five and sixth grade. He was huge. He was like the quarterback, the center. Uh, you Wait, know, how was he quarterback the, and center? That's the home tough. run hitter. That's tough to do. Basketball. Center. Oh, thank God. The big man. I was about to say he's the man in the middle. I thought he was you were a basketball good? player. I am a hooper. Yeah, I played last night. Had the which, group out at the house. Which, by the way, I have video of your daughter beating the beating the boys at camp. Yeah, hitting the game winner. Yeah, she lucked her way into a shot. How about that. So. Oh, but my dad. So, so I'm over at Bobby Bobby Reed's house, and I was we were playing soccer, and they were asking me how my soccer season was going, and uh, so my response was, "Well, we lost the first game, but I wasn't there, mm. and we won the second game, mm. and I scored four goals." So basically, we won because I was there, yeah. and we lost because I wasn't there. And so I'll never forget this. We're we're, we're Bobby Reed's house. And my dad overhears me saying that. Mm. And so he ends up, he kind of pulls me into, not, I mean, not kind of quietly, didn't make a show of it, but he kind of pulled me aside into one of the bedrooms. And, and he looked at me, he said, he said Johnny, he's, they, they call me Johnny, kind of like Davey. Yeah. And uh, he said, nobody likes a bragger. And he says, if you're good, they know you're good, and you don't have to tell them. And I'll never, I'll never forget that lesson learned from my dad. No, nobody likes a bragger. And I, I think, think there's two lessons in that actually for me because everybody, no one likes a bragger. Correct. I love, I love that. But what he did is something that I'm struggling with and that I'm starting to learn as a parent and as a coach. I love that he pulled you to side. He didn't say it in front of everybody else. Didn't say it in front of everybody. When I was a dad, yeah, like I'm so anti the comments and anti being not being who you are that I want to call you right now on the carpet. Mm. I love that he did that. 
Got it. He, I think he, you know, I kind of, when I walked out to go get, you know, some chips or a Coke or yeah. whatever, he waited till I walked out of the room and then he kind of pulled me aside. And that's awesome. Room. That's yeah. great. I mean, that, that's a great advice for parents. Yeah. Like you don't have to always embarrass your child. You don't have to always say it in front of everybody else. Like they can, they can still get the message later. You're, I thought I was going to miss a window. I thought I was going to miss that opportunity to tell him about it. Um, but what I found with Nicholas, my son, who just turned 13, is, you know, he, he responds better if I can just take him aside and tell him later. And it, I, I, it works better for him. It's, it's, he gets really embarrassed, and he feels like he let me down, and he feels bad about it, and that's fine. But I can tell him later and just be like, and your tone is important, right? Mm. Like you're t- yeah. I'm just like, listen, buddy, I, I love you. And, like, I don't – with my son, and everybody knows their kids better. Like the more they, they get around their kids, you know them better. Like, well, my son, he's such a pleaser. He, he wants to do everything right. I know that. And now I know that as he gets older. So I don't have to get on him and yell at him. He, he wants to do right. He always wants to do right. But if I say, hey, bud, I'm not mad at you. Okay, I take that off the table and diffuse that with him. It, it works with him. It, it just, it's something that I've learned is I'm not mad at you, but I just want you to understand, you know, nobody wants to hear about you. You talk about yourself. And if you're good, like people will tell you you're good. You don't have to. You don't have to do that yourself, um, but I think that's that's something we learn. Learn your kids. Learn what, what, which ways to talk to them and how to talk to them. But you don't always have to do it right in front of them, right then. Right, you know, you can find other ways to to nudge them and still tell them things. Well, I think as parents, we're always looking for those teachable moments. Yes, and, but and you don't want them to pass. You don't want it to pass. So, but you got you got to be careful because there's a time to. Have those teachable moments, and there's the time, you know, tone, time, all those things. I like that, the T's. We're gonna start developing some T's. Super there. important tone, time. So, what what do you think about discipline, hard work? You reap what you sow. No, I completely disagree. Just fake your way through life. <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? Um, you know, think about football and compare it to football. Obviously, football is a big part of my life. Um, ninety, ninety five. 98% of what you do is when nobody's watching, mm. when you don't have fans. I mean, think about that. People talk about the fans, and all these stadiums were packed this past weekend, right? Like, everybody's watching football. At least 95 to 98% of what they do has nothing to do with those fans and when anybody's watching. It's what you're doing by yourself. It's are you working in the weight room. Practice, by the way. Ain't nobody there. Ain't nobody coming to watch you practice. They're coming to watch you play games. So when's the work done? The work is done in practice. The work is done off the field, in the weight room and stuff. So I think you have to learn how to work. You have to learn how to grind if you're going to be successful at anything. And it's, it's another one of my sayings, and it's on the back of our shirts this year for our Titans organization. And I tell my, the kids all the time, it's so easy to be average. It's easy. It's easy to be average. It's in my house. It, we have a big thing on my wall, a big painting in my house that says it's easy to be average. You can be average and blend in. Tell them that all the time when they're running sprints. Like, hey, guys, listen, I'm not, tell- I'm not calling anybody out right now. But I'm just telling you, when you jerk your head back and you act like you're running as hard as you can and you're not moving real fast, we know the difference. <laughs> I did that. Like, I've been there, bro. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah so, like, but, but do you want to be great? Do you want to succeed and meet your goals and your expectations? And my favorite, this is, I live by this quote. 
you're going to love this because you have a candy fetish and you eat like crap. And Jolin apparently, <laughs> Jolin apparently has jumped in because if he's already passed his prime, he said at 24, for God's sakes. <laughs> you can write this down if you want, Pastor Jay. It's free. Don't give up what you want for what you want right now. So think about it. Don't give up what you want for what you want right now. And I've told this story a million times, but I was an eighth grader. I'm watching um, the World Cup, World Cup soccer match. I'm listening to the broadcast, eighth grade. I have a goal and a dream to play in the NFL. I've told everybody I know I'm, I'm working towards it. They talked about on the broadcast that the, the, the girls, it was Brainy Chastain year, which mm-hmm. ripped off her shirt at the end of the match. I, they said they stopped drinking carbonation because it affects your conditioning. I'm an eighth grade kid. That's the last time I ever touched a carbonated beverage in my life. Because I wasn't going to give up what I wanted right now in the moment for what I wanted long-term. And we all have those obstacles, opportunities every day. Like, I want to walk closer to God. I want to be closer to God. Mm. Here comes an opportunity to go with my buddies and drink and maybe do things I shouldn't do. Don't give up what you want for what you want right now in that moment. And it's a hard thing to do, but... If you're going to make goals and you're going to make dreams and you're going to make those things come true, you got to stick to those things even when it's difficult. Yeah, and I think that that's a that's a great one to end on because it's it's basically saying you're choosing what's best over the long haul or what's what you want to do now. So don't sacrifice your goals and dreams for what you want right now. So hey, good stuff. Enjoy the podcast today. Numero whatever. 3 4 what are we on, three? <laughs> Five? Five? Six? We're, we're rocking and rolling, man. I feel like LeBron and D-Wade. Not one, not two, <laughs> not three, four. Where are you going to take your talents? Uh, home. <laughs> Peace. All right. Well, let me sign us off. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Family Goals with Pastor Jay and David Pollock.